Hey, welcome into Positive Light, where we're bringing a positive influence into this world and into your lives. And hi, I'm Bob Miles. And today's episode is going to be The Truth Will Set You Free. Out of John 8, 31 and 32, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So what does the truth will set you free really mean? The freedom Jesus is talking about here is not political freedom or even physical freedom, but spiritual freedom. This is the real freedom that only Christ can give. During Jesus Christ's earthly ministry, he made many statements that were cryptic, even to his close disciples, statements that resulted in confusion, frustration, and even violence among the religious leaders. In John 8, Jesus provoked a conflict with the Jews that ended up with an attempt to stone him. He said to them, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Again, that's out of John 8, 31 and 32. So what is the truth? We are given two important pieces of information about this freeing truth. One, claiming belief is not the same thing as knowing the truth. And two, knowing the truth is dependent upon really being a disciple of Christ and walking in obedience. These Jews had been listening to Jesus speak, and John records that they had believed him. But Jesus took it a step further, applying the test of true discipleship obedience. Because how can we truly believe what Christ says and who he is and not obey? Several chapters later, John records another profound statement from Jesus. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And that's out of John 14.6. The truth is more than knowledge about Christ. It is Christ himself. Then you will know me, and I will set you free. So what is freedom? To the Jews, freedom meant liberation from their Roman oppressors. In fact, many thought that the Messiah would come as a conquering king for that express purpose. The mistake is understandable. A conquered people waiting for a Messiah would expect freedom in the sense to be part of the plan especially when a prophecy regarding the Messiah reads, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners. Out of Isaiah 61.1 Today, many people believe freedom is the right to do whatever they want, subject to no governing authority outside of their own whims. But ideas missed the concept of true freedom altogether, and the Jews missed it again here in this conversation with Jesus. We are Abraham's descendants and have never been enslaved to anyone. What do you mean by saying you will be set free out of John 8.33? Jesus didn't leave them to wander long, but explained himself in the very next verse. Everyone who practices sin habitually is a slave of sin out of John 8.34. John Piper elaborates on this slavery. First, sin enslaves us by producing compelling desires. And the second way sin enslaves us is that it eventually damns us. Jesus alone can free us from these two kinds of slavery, the domination and the damnation of sin. And that is freedom Jesus is talking about here. Not political freedom, not even physical freedom, but spiritual freedom. Our sin nature means 
We have sinful desires that claim our attention and govern our decisions, desires that will ultimately lead to physical and spiritual death. There is no freedom on that path, and liberty we think we have is an illusion meant to discourage us from seeking the real freedom that only Christ can give. Freedom from the impossible tax of satisfying the law. Freedom to genuinely do what we want to do because our desires are aligned with God's. And freedom to serve God and please Him. At the beginning of this same chapter in John, Jesus encountered a woman who had been caught in the very act of adultery and brought before Him for judgment out of John 8. The scribes and Pharisees were hoping to trick Jesus into saying something they could officially accuse Him of. But he, as always, maintained control of the situation and turned it into this beautiful picture of spiritual freedom. When they reminded Jesus that the law required she to be stoned, his response was simply, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw the stone at her, out of John 8, 7. This simple declaration reminded these religiously learned men that they were all living under the same bondage to sin as, as the woman. When her accusers had all slunk away, Jesus spoke two things to her. One, then neither do I condemn you. Freedom from sin's damnation. Number two, go now and leave your life of sin. Freedom from sin's domination. He freed her from the derision of her accusers. The condemnation of the law and the domination of sin were not told what happened to her after this, but I don't believe for a moment that her life was ever the same. Jesus Christ, the truth, frees us from the damnation of sin and the power it has over our lives, just as he did for this woman and countless others. And if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. John 8:36. Rick Warren writes, The truth will set you free. The secret to personal change is not willpower. The secret is to know and face the truth. You must know and face the truth about yourself, your relationships, and your own nature if you want to change anything in your life. So why is it necessary to learn the truth before anything can change in your life? Because behind every self-defeating habit in your life is a lie that you believe. If you get in debt, it's because you believe some lies like, I can spend and get away with it, or I can always pay it back. You might have overestimated how much you were going to make, or you believe the, the lie that you needed a much bigger house. But do you? Are you sure it's the truth? Can you prove it's the truth? Are you absolutely certain that what you believe you've said about your finances is true? What about your relationships? What about the things you say to yourself about yourself? Is the way you think about your past or about some event the truth? Or is it the truth what God says about it? The Bible teaches that personal change starts with truth. It is the truth that sets you free. The Apostle Paul says, Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, out of Ephesians 4.21, who is the truth? Jesus. And because Jesus is the truth, he will always tell you the truth. His word is the truth. The Bible is his word, and that means the Bible is true, out of 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17. What you hear on television or read in books isn't always going to help you because it's not always the truth. Have you learned that? But what God tells you is always going to be the truth. 
God's Word shows you how to get back to the life you were created to live. And then it shows you how to stay on God's path. This is why it's important for you to have a daily quiet time in the Word of God. Change requires learning the truth. As long as you build your life on the foundation of lies, misconceptions, deceptions, or half-truths, you will never change. But when you face the truth and respond to the truth, you will begin to see change in your life. So change does require learning the truth. And again, out of Ephesians 4, 21-24, it says, Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupt by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. You will never change the things in your life that you know are unhealthy unless you learn the truth. Change requires learning the truth. Jesus said, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And again, that's out of John 8. You're not going to be free until you know the truth. The secret to personal change is not a pill, program, or process. It's not therapy, a book, or seminar. It's not positive thinking or psychology. The proof of personal change is found in the truth. You have to know and face the truth about yourself. God and your relationship before you can change. We lie to ourselves all the time, but you have to know and face the truth if you're going to change. Jesus said the truth will set you free, but first it makes you miserable. It makes you miserable as long as you deny it. The moment that you're honest with the truth about yourself and everything else in life, then it starts to set you free. Who is the truth? Again, Jesus said, I am the truth. Not I have it, not I point the way, not I teach it. He said, I am it. I am the truth. You can trust his word. Again, his word is the Bible. The Bible helps us to grow and change in a number of ways. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work, out of 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. The Bible is like a map. It shows us where to walk and how to stay on the path. It shows us when we get off the path and how to get back on the path. When you rely on God's word to show you where and how you should walk, it will give you the instruction and knowledge you need to change your life. So next, I'm going to play you a song by the Tommy Walker Ministries, and it's called Speak the Word. And here it is.
beautiful song by Tommy Walker and part of the song I like the best it says the eternal infallible word speak the truth to me let it set me free speak the word and you can catch Tommy Walker on YouTube you can subscribe to his channel he's also at TommyWalkerMinistries.org go check him out he's got a lot of great music and another take on what is the truth and it's by Will Graham so what is the truth? This was the question that Pontius Pilate asked Jesus in John 
It's such a pivotal, eternity-altering question that I have this page marked in my Bible so I can find it immediately. So what is the truth? For many, especially in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic, it's very hard to tell. Are politicians telling the truth? Is the news media telling the truth? Are your friends on social media sharing the truth? Is there any truth in the rumors that fly about regarding potential COVID-19 cures? What is the truth? The Bible has a lot to say about the truth that directly contradicts what much of what the world and other religions and belief systems have to say about this matter. There's a strong sentiment in the modern age, though it has been around since the beginning of time. The truth is relative. In other words, truth for you is not necessarily truth for me. For instance, if I believe the world is flat, that's my truth. Questioning my truth would be considered intolerant and would infringe on my rights, at least according to today's accepted norms. So there are two problems with that line of thinking. First, it reduces truth to nothing more than an opinion. Truth becomes something that can be tossed in the wind, writing whims of emotion, changing based upon how one feels on any given day. There is no other tying the truth to anything but human perspective. Sadly, this is an issue in the greater society, but also among Christians in our churches today. Second, believing that you are the author of the truth elevates you to a divine level beyond our human nature. Our broken earthly vessels are inadequate, and we have no heavenly authority to create our own truth. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and if he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. 1 Corinthians 2.14 Now, to be certain, there are religions and secular belief systems that wholeheartedly endorse these two views. While I refer to them as problems, others embrace them as essential values. For instance, the term namaste, often tied to the practice of yoga, can be translated to the divine in me bows to the divine in you. If I'm divine and you're divine, then it is well within our divine nature to declare our own personal truth. However, the Bible has a lot to say about truth that directly contradicts much of what the world and other religions and belief systems have to say about the matter. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Again, quoting John 8, 31 and 32. First and foremost, truth is not an idea or an opinion, but a person. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And Jesus speaking in John 16:13 says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare you the things that are to come. In other words, all truth comes from God, because he personifies truth. As we delve into his word and are attentive to the Holy Spirit, we can and should know the truth. Second, the truth won't always be popular. It can be offensive because it tells us what's wrong with us. Imagine going to the doctor and being told you have cancer. You may not like it, you can disagree and get angry, but it's the truth. And ignoring it can lead to death. 
In Galatians 4, Paul addresses the church in Galatia to whom he had previously ministered. He confronts them with the fact that though they claim to know God, they are turning back to the things of the world. He then says, Have I then become your enemy by telling you the truth? Out of Galatians 4.16. Paul was willing to stand up when he saw believers com- compromising, even if it brought conflict with those he considered friends. In the church today, we have many pastors and Christians who don't want to offend others with the truth. But the importance of proclaiming it has eternal consequences. Finally, why is it important to proclaim the truth and set forth in the Bible? Because the truth will set you free. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus goes on to say that those who are in sin and slaves to sin, but those who find hope in him are released from that bondage. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. So what is the truth? Is it found in the words of media and politicians? Is it encompassed in dozens of social media memes? Is it discovered through meditation and religion? No. What is the truth? Truth is Jesus Christ his death and resurrection. Truth is the word of God, the Bible. Truth may not be popular, especially in 2020, but truth will set you free. And again, out of John 8, it says, you will be really free. What was he talking about? What does he set me free from? The Bible says that Jesus wants to set you free in three dimensions. One, Jesus wants to set you free from the pain of your past. That's a good thing. I've discovered the number one cause of unhappiness in people who are stuck in the past. They're holding on to their hurts. They can't relate to the present because they're still reacting to the past. I've discovered that there are two kinds of things that people have a hard time getting over, resentment and regret. Jesus wants to set you free from both of them. First, he wants to set you free from the pain of resentment. Everybody has been hurt by other people. You've been hurt many, many times, sometimes intentionally, sometimes unintentionally. What you do with that hurt will determine whether you live freely or whether you live in a prison of pain. He also wants to help you get over the pain of regret. Not only have people hurt you in life, you've blown it. You've hurt other people. And a result of that, because nobody's perfect and we've all made mistakes, we all carry regret. And guilt is a terrible thing to carry around. It leaves you miserable. It saps your energy. You end up punishing yourself and you end up playing the if only game. If only I knew then what I know now. If only I could just erase the past. If only I could turn back the clock. If only I could pull that bad mistake back. That stupid decision. I would do it so differently today. We live in the prison of regret and guilt. I wish I'd listened sooner. When we fill our lives with regret, we can't live with that. So we try to blame other people. We try to pass the buck. But most of the time, we just try to bury our guilt, bury our shame, bury our regrets. We can do it by booze, with pills, a half a dozen other things. Most of the time, people will try to bury it by staying busy. One of the reasons some of us are such workaholics is that we don't like the way we feel when we're quiet. God specializes in new beginnings. God does not want you walking around with a load of guilt. God doesn't want you to carry around guilt. 
That's why he came up with a plan to relieve it. He sent Jesus Christ to earth to die for all your sins, all of your selfishness, the lack of thoughtfulness, and the unkindness. And number two, Jesus wants to set you free from the pressures of today. And that's the second dimension of freedom. Do you ever feel like your life is out of control? Do you ever feel like it is out of balance? Do you ever get tired of just thinking about all the things you've got to do? Do you ever wish you could just resign from the human race for just one week so you could do whatever you really wanted to do? Life is getting more complex and life is speeding up. It's definitely getting faster and it certainly isn't as simple as it used to be. We've even come up with a whole new vocabulary of terms to describe our stress and pressures of today's living. Sometimes the stress gets so heavy you feel like you're a, at a breaking point. You feel like you're going under for the last time. When you're under pressure, you need two things. You need strength and you need stability. God offers them both to you. Jesus Christ has all the power you need. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead can raise you up from your problems. If Jesus Christ can raise a dead person, he can raise a dead marriage. He can raise a dead career. He can raise a dead relationship. He can do anything. He's got all the power you need. You don't have enough power to make it. That's why you're tired all the time. You need a source stronger than you to make it in this life. And number three, Jesus wants to set you free from pessimism about tomorrow. What is it that causes people to lose hope? Why is it that we lose hope so quickly? When you boil it all down, there are two reasons why people lose hope. First, we lose hope when you're facing a situation that needs to be changed and we can't change it. And second, we lose hope and become pessimistic when we don't know the purpose that God made us for. The Bible is very clear that everybody on earth was created for a purpose. The sad thing is, most people go through life never discovering either one a relationship with God, or the purpose he put them on earth for. Hope is essential for life. You can live 40 days without food, 3 days without water, and 8 minutes without air. But you can't live 1 second without hope. The moment you lose hope, you're no longer living. You're just existing. When inevitable tough times come into your life, to whom will you turn? Where is your source of hope? Where is your rock? We are living in a time when change is happening at a greater and greater rate, so fast that nobody in this room could possibly keep up with all the changes going on in this world. In a time when the world is changing rapidly and everything is up in the air, you need that Alvin Toffler in his book calls Islands of Stability. These islands are the things that never change in your life, some emotional and spiritual anchors that hold you down when everything is flying apart. God has a gift for you through Jesus Christ, and the gift is freedom. When you accept Jesus as your Savior, you'll experience freedom from the pain of your past and the pressures of today, freedom from pessimism, worry, doubt, and fear about tomorrow. But a gift is worthless if you never receive it. you got to take it. Would you like a fresh start with God? You can have it today. So I'm going to end today's episode with a story, and the story is called Attitude. The 92-year-old petite, well-poised, and proud lady who is fully dressed each morning by 8 o'clock with her hair fashionably coiffed and makeup perfectly applied, even though she is legally blind, is moving to a nursing home today. 
her husband of 70 years passed away, making the move necessary. After many hours of waiting patiently in the lobby of the nursing home, she smiled sweetly when her room was ready. As she maneuvered her walker to the elevator, I provided a visual description of her tiny room, including the eyelid sheets that had been hung on her window. I love it, she stated with an enthusiasm of an eight-year-old having just been presented with a new puppy. Mrs. Jones, you haven't seen the room. Just wait. That doesn't have anything to do with it, she replied. Happiness is something you decide on ahead of time. Whether I like my room or not doesn't depend on how the furniture is arranged. It's how I arrange my mind. I already decided to love it. It's a decision I make every morning when I wake up. I have a choice. I can spend the day in bed recounting the difficulty I have with the parts of my body that no longer work. Or I can get out of bed and be thankful for the ones that do. Each day is a gift, and as long as my eyes open, I'll focus on the new day and all the happy memories I have stored away just for this time in my life. Old age is like a bank account. You withdraw from what you put in. So my advice to you would be to deposit a lot of happiness in the bank account of memories. And thank you for your part in filling my memory bank, because I'm still depositing. Remember the five simple rules to be happy. 1. Free your heart from hatred. 2. Free your mind from worries. 3. Live simply. 4. Give more. And 5. Expect less. So that brings us to the end of our episode today. Hope you all enjoyed it. My prayer as always is that God blesses the path that you're on with him and that you embrace that path. And next week's episode is going to be on what really is the church. You can catch me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also download my podcast anywhere you download your podcast for free. Hope everybody had a great week. God bless. We'll catch you next week.